Hello and welcome back to Diaries of a Lady Gardener, the podcast about all things planty. From flowers and fruits to succulents and sowing microgreens, we cover a whole host of topics for some of your favourite people across the gardening world. This one's for those who prefer plants to people and think of their seedlings as their children. This week I chatted with the lovely Effie who I became friends with over the RHS Level 2. She's a really amazing and inspirational woman who over the past few years has made her life more and more plant orientated, which I'm very envious of. And recently she got the most amazing job. So before I give away any more spoilers, here's the episode. Enjoy! Oh, okay. I like this question. Um, so my mom always had a garden, um, which I was a little, slightly involved with as a kid in mm-hmm. the sense that she gave me a patch of ground and said, you know, what do you want to grow? Um, and I grew strawberries because I didn't have to put much work. You just kind of planted <laughs> them and let them do their thing. Um, yeah. So that was always kind of in the background in my childhood. And then, um, when I moved away from home in Greece, um, and moved to Scotland to study, I found myself living in an apartment for the first time. There was no garden. Um, and I was like, okay, I started missing it. And I didn't even realize that it was like a part of my life until I missed it. So I did what any apartment living person would do. And I got a whole bunch of house plants. Um, and then that got to be a bit of an obsession. Like, I filled <laughs> every windowsill with house plants and like every available space. I was like, oh, we can get another one. I need an anthurium. I need a philodent, you know how it goes. Um, and then um, I think it was like the year before lockdown. Like we think of things in terms of lockdown. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, 2018. Um, mm-hmm. I was like oh we moved again and this time to a house with a big garden so I was like okay maybe I could maybe I could try my hand at this you know I can grow a little bit of kale because we love kale um you know just see how it goes dip my toes in and I think at the time I had a plantstagram that was all for indoor house plants um and I happened upon a couple of like allotment instagrams and I was like, oh, people do this and they do it well and they take beautiful pictures. Um, and I started getting really inspired um, over time. And I was like, OK, this, I'm going to do this. And then I got my little patch of land at the Botanic Gardens um, where I was a volunteer at the time. And it wasn't until last year that I got my first allotment, which was a half plot. Um, and only recently in December got the full plot. So I'm still like relatively new on my allotment journey. Um, but yeah, that's that's the gist of it. I love it. I, it's always interesting to hear where people started because it seems to be very much either you always grew with your grandparents or your parents as a child. Yeah. Or you discovered it much later in life, kind of by accident. I think yeah, like, I feel like few... it was kind of both for me because <laughs> mm. like I did I did garden as a kid but it never like crossed my mind that it would be something that I would love doing so much and want to turn into a career so yeah definitely yeah, I'm really similar to me we we always had like a massive garden um and yeah. we used to grow like alpine strawberries and rhubarb and I'm sure we had wow. a greenhouse and like it was always a really amazing garden and we loved to play there but yeah. I don't think I ever really kind of in the background it's... isn't it 
yeah it's just like like gardening like you're not like a you don't not a house cleaner or like an interior designer just because you put yeah. your house together but with the yeah, garden yeah. it's a bit different isn't it like but when you have an allotment it's different and when you're like a really exactly. person but otherwise it's just the it's garden like, it's just another extension yeah. of your house yeah it's like you're immersing yourself into it more and more and more and before mm. you know it it's like okay now I have an allotment and I kind of work in a garden <laughs> like I have so steered my life in this direction that now I can call myself a gardener <laughs> yes which is amazing yeah. um and so yeah. let's talk about your um volunteer placement at the Royal Botanic yes. Gardens because that sounded amazing so it was um I started volunteering in the Botanic Garden so it's the Dundee University Botanic Gardens um I started volunteering there because it had been like throughout my degree my first degree was in English lit so completely unrelated to anything gardening um but throughout my degree every time I got like super stressed out um I would go to the Botanic Gardens and it was like my happy place mm-hmm. I would go to the tropical greenhouse and just immerse myself in all the plants and I noticed before I had any kind of awareness of the effect of plants on mental health, I noticed in myself how much calmer it made me. So I would kind of go there. um, And when I graduated, I was like, okay, I could volunteer here. Um, And I got in touch with them, started volunteering. I was working full time then, so I could only do weekends. So I was doing weekend volunteering. And my mentor at the time at the Botanic gardens she had kind of worked alongside me she was an amazing person um and she got in touch with me and was like would you think about doing this professionally um and I was like yes <laughs> yes <I would." laughs> um and then I had a long chat with her about like career change because I'm in my late 20s um and I was like is it too late you know have I missed the boat and she was like heck no you know like there's plenty of time and um so then I did a paid traineeship with them so that was meant to be over three months I did it over six so that I could do part-time and keep my other job as well um and the garden is incredible and it it kind of it gives you such a varied look at plants like in a botanic garden there's going to be so many different climates and so many different like it's almost like being a teacher and having to learn all the like little differences in your students except with like with plants you still have to learn all their little quirks yeah that's so true they work um but yeah they're teaching me (laughs) so yeah it was it was very intense like the level two the RHS level two it's a lot of information to take in but I think Mm -hmm. it is a um, steep learning curve but (laughs) I loved it I think that's the important thing there, isn't it? As long as you love it. And I know so many people that are at that stage where I think that they have kind of made that decision of like, maybe I would actually like to pursue this as a career. But it's a scary step, isn't it? To step out of your industry. I think a lot like like me, a lot of people my age work in like marketing jobs. Yeah. And it's like, how do you transition from like a marketing job to being a gardener? (laughs) Right. But I think like from my experience, the only thing that, well, the most important thing is that what you're passionate about, like sometimes that speaks so much louder than Mm. the experience that you have. Like I've been in interviews where like 
I get carried away because I get excited and I start talking about plants. And I think, you know, employers aren't stupid. They can see that they can see the passion. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they're not going to want, well, I hope, (laughs) I hope that they're not going to want someone with an encyclopedic knowledge. They're going to want someone that's passionate. Yeah. Um, And willing to learn. Exactly. Exactly. So that's been, it's been my experience at the botanics and at my current garden job. Mm -hmm. And so following the timeline, Please tell us about your current gardening job, which is okay. insane. So um, I finished my um, botanic gardens placement and I was still working part time um, at a charity. And I the plan was to just work part time and finish my RHS study. So I was going to do like the part time job and the part time studying and it was all going to work harmoniously. Um, and then I saw this um job listing for a horticultural practitioner in a therapy garden and I was like oh like if I could do that job I would be so happy because I always tell people that my my two passions are plants and people like I love plants and I love figuring out what makes them tick and how to make them happy and I feel exactly the same way about people mm-hmm. um I love their stories I love you know, when you, when you're working with people and you get to know them and you start to be able to speak their language and you see how they become comfortable around you and to see all of that to develop, it's really exciting to me. Um, so a job that combines both people and plants in my books is perfect. Um, so I applied for it and actually did not get the job. Um, oh, really? So I was like, oh, it's okay. I had a really nice talk with the lady that worked there. And she was like, you were so close. It was down to you and one other person. And, um, and I was like, well, keep my details because I would like to volunteer with you guys because it was so like, you know, when they tell you when you go for an interview to be interviewing them as much as they are, they're interviewing you. Mm-hmm. I, I was really trying to get a sense of the project to see if would be a right fit for me it was so a right fit for me um so I was kind of sad when I didn't get it but I was like it's okay we'll we'll try again um so I told her to keep my details and then I got an email a little bit down the line and it was from the woman that is now my manager and she was like we've secured some additional funding and we really just want to hire you because you've already done the interview and you've already impressed us um so that was Oh, that was such a good day. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And it's it's a really cool project. It's very much like community developing, kind of like what you're doing at the allotment where you're um at your work garden where you're mm-hmm. kind of working alongside your colleagues to develop this. It's not just yeah. you that's making the plan. So um it's a lot of that, like a lot of community consultations and we're building a compost heap, which oh, is cool. really exciting. We're going to actually build compost. our compost days in the next week or two. I'm Are you? Oh, wait. Yay. I don't have space to compost, proper compost days on my allotment because right. I'd have to sacrifice yeah, plants. Yeah, because you've, yeah, you've only got the one bay, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got, I've got like the one main compost bay and then I've got like a bit of a stack that's like more of like the weedy things that I'm not quite so like sure on putting into the compost. <laughs> they go in like forget me nuts. <laughs> yes, them. <laughs> Which are happily growing in lots of pots at the moment, it seems. Oh, well, surprise seedlings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see little pops of blue, so it's it's a nice, it's a nice treat for some early colour. Definitely welcome this time of year. 
yeah definitely um so how long have you been in your well I feel like it's not quite so much of a new job now but your new job it's still new it is no it's only been a couple of weeks so I started in the new year so oh amazing a month now um so I'm still figuring out the ropes but Mm -hmm. it's quite a small team which I really like because you know you get to really know your colleagues and work quite closely with them um and yeah like I was trying to describe it to my friends who are not plant people and they didn't (laughs) really get the image but I said it's like being at at an office and you're talking to your colleagues about work which is great and then the conversation can instantly and spontaneously stir go in the direction of what's everyone's favorite variety of sweet peas Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just like that makes me so happy (laughs) that now we're talking about what sweet peas everyone likes you know so yeah no it sounds like a really amazing project and I think as well it's things like that that it's so exciting to see the projects starting to happen across the country and in like different ways shapes and forms like gardening for schools and gardening for communities and like therapy gardens there's so much more available even just from the last couple of years than there ever was before for to kind of give people a chance I'm always talking about how I accidentally found gardening and now I don't really know where I'd be without it but right it's not necessarily an easy fluke to stumble across so people who don't know that they like it like where would you where would you go to be like oh I want to try a bit of gardening and see if it's for me like where do you go and do that I I think that might be the one in my mind that is one of the very few positive things about the pandemic that suddenly mm-hmm. people have realized how much we need the outdoors for our yeah. mental health and there's so many new initiatives that are kind of structured around that mm-hmm. and I for one am so happy to see like funding going into projects that are around gardening and mental health because we know it now we know that it works yeah. I mean we gardeners people that have allotments or gardens or have some reason to do it we know that it works yeah um, but it's <laughs> nice to see everyone else you know Definitely. I would say I'm 100% more of like a well-rounded, more stable, all-round person (laughs) for having the allotment that I go to every single weekend. And even if it's a case of you're sat there, today I sat in the shed for an hour uh, eating a sandwich and drinking a cup of tea and I was feeling a bit emotional, but I just sat there for an hour and then I felt fine and I was all right and I cracked on. It doesn't have to be complicated. I do this thing where so my allotment's at the top of the hill. So I have to walk quite a bit to get to it. So that's a workout in its own. Yeah. But I do this thing where I like to compare my mood on the way up to the allotment versus on the way down. Oh yeah. And without fail, every time, like I always go up grumpy, usually because I'm carrying like lots of food waste and stuff in my bag up the hill, which is not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but also because it's before I get that outside time and that gardening time. And then when I'm coming down the hill, I'm always like, isn't everything great? Aren't things wonderful? You know, yeah. like, in just such a good mood. Yeah. So. And I say this all the time, but I love that proper like knackered feeling after you've had like a really good, like yeah. productive allotment day. Like when I finished chipping the paths every yeah. day, I'd come home and I'd be like exhausted, had done like 20,000 steps and had lived yeah. off cookies all day because I'd forgotten to bring lunch. But I was just so like, like you really feel like you've earned that, like getting into your pajamas and just like lounging about and totally. scrolling through Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Now I can be a couch potato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After no, a I'm day of work, 
after a day of work sat in front of a screen, I'm always like, I feel like I need to be up and doing other stuff because I've been sat down all day. But you're still yeah. tired. It's just a complete yeah. other type of tired. It's more like a uh, like a drained feeling. I mm. find like a physical tiredness. Yeah. 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 But the work garden obviously is a nice break. And like at lunchtime, it's so amazing to be able to go out and not not anyone else is quite as excited as I am about it but <laughs> I get do them. you'll get them excited yeah. eventually when we started I would say that there was maybe one person who was like this is really cool and yeah. then I was like forcing people to come up because I was like I need everyone to dig the, dig these beds because I cannot physically do it alone before the growing <laughs> season starts <laughs> this is not a one person job exactly <laughs> but then so that's the thing see when you start harvesting things they're gonna be so excited about it yes and um, we had like a few amazing cobs of sweet corn and like enough potatoes to make a huge potato salad that we made for everyone and I think yes. that's like slowly oh, that's one so by one people are like oh this is really cool and now a couple of people are like oh uh-huh. do you want to go gardening tomorrow and I'm like yes someone else wants to come and do it with me yes I do yes I always do. (laughs) And we're super prepared this year as well. So it's last year, we only started digging in April. And then it was like a race to get everything to a slightly growable stage. But this year, we've had plenty of time to prepare. We're like, not ahead of the game, but we're much further ahead than we were this time last year. So that's what matters, really. That's why I felt felt so good when I got my full plot, like at the start of December, because Mm -hmm. I was like, I have all these boring winter months to really like get it how I want it to be. And then come April and March time, it's all systems go. Yeah. And there won't be like, yeah. And I have the greenhouse building project, which is going to probably take a good chunk of time. Yes. Um, I have to know though, how did you make your final decision? Because I know you were umming and ahhing over whether to keep your existing plot or to move to the new one. Yeah, so I asked everyone. I asked people <laughs> on Instagram. I asked pals. I asked my mother. We did a specific video call about that. She was very invested. Um, <laughs> and then the people at my allotment site were actually really nice because they were like, you take your time. There's no rush. If you want it, you have it. If you don't, you don't, which was awesome. Um, and then it started getting really cold. We had our first frost, I think, at the end of November, which mm-hmm. is quite early. But so I went up, I knew that it had been frost the night before and I went up to the allotments and my half plot was full of frost. And actually it had started to get like little pockets of flooding from hey, wow. where the rainwater collected. And that had turned into like frozen puddles and the new plot, my current plot, no frost at all. So I was oh, like, wow. oh, okay so even though they're in the same site and they're quite next to each other my old plot was a bit of a frost pocket because it was kind of on the hill but it was surrounded on all sides so it didn't get sunlight until quite late in the day whereas the new plot is quite exposed so the frost melted away really quickly so I was like it because in Scotland um we're a little (laughs) bit behind always with with frost I think that the difference between the two plots was the deciding factor because I was like, I'm going to want the frost to be gone as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, and to have the soil unfreeze basically so that I can start planting things. Mm-hmm. And, That's so yeah. good though, that you had a, like a deciding factor. It I, was really good. I remember chatting to you about it and 
because yeah. there's so many pros and cons either way and you're like oh but I'm losing that that but I'm gaining that but this has been yeah. really good and I, like, I've worked on this one because I had the same when I moved I was just like right. I've got it to how I want it but I know that I will want more and I right. wanted the one okay. next to mine but someone That's else had nabbed the day before and I was like oh I don't know what to yeah do. so on the one hand it was like the attachment that you have to the plot that you already have mm. you've planted some things already you've kind of made it how you want it but then you have to weigh that against the like potential of the new plot and that's kind of hard to do because it's all theoretical Um, but I did find it really helpful talking to people like you and being like ah what do I do and also having people understand why this was such a big deal and not just be like uh it's a piece of land just pick one (laughs) yeah there's just so many factors and even down to like the slightest thing like I the frost isn't a slight thing but like the um yeah the fact that like an allotment slightly more tucked away or slightly more exposed or exactly. if the soil is slightly better in one area yeah. than it is in another yeah there are lots of and things it does vary it really does um, even so- from like whoever had the allotment before you what they did with the plot like how much organic matter they incorporated or anything Definitely. like that like that can all make a difference and how overgrown it is because my first plot was just <laughs> barren barren ground yeah and then the new one was just like a weed, weed central. Mm. Oh boy. Yeah, you've had your work cut out for you. <laughs> it was worth it though, because it looks clean and tidy at the moment. <laughs> oh, it's so satisfying. And you don't even really realize it until you look at the before and after pictures and you're like, okay, I've done a lot of work. Definitely. I have put in a lot of hours. Especially this winter. Like last winter, I thought that that was a productive winter. This one has been a whole other level of productivity. Yeah. Yes, you're so on it. I love it. <laughs> I love I love getting a, a daily Shannon update. What's she been up to? She's been wheelbarrowing. She's been DIYing. Yes, inspirational. Well, today we finished the swings, putting the swing seat back up. Oh, um, yay. Which is really exciting. And it's... Now, why do you take the swing down between seasons? Is that so the wood doesn't get like all worn by the elements? It actually wasn't. So the first iteration of the swing seat, it was really sturdy. It was actually like surprising. Original swing. Built. Yeah, the OG. <laughs> the OG um, swing. Um, but it it was made, the seat was a pallet that had quite a lot of nails in. And it was just oh. a, a little bit, there was a lot of things about it that weren't quite right. And yeah. I think I said this in a previous podcast, which probably ruined everyone's visions of the swing seat, but it was so close to the fence that it didn't actually swing. It was just a seat. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And so we, we decided to rebuild it and we were like, we'll make the, the pallet seat ourselves rather than using an old pallet that's like not very comfortable. And okay. then we were going to make the structure slightly... Um, narrower so they didn't take up quite so much space where it was and then it was either going to be pushed forward or moved to another space so that it was just a bit more usable I think last year okay. it was great for photos and every time someone came they yeah, wanted yeah, to sit yeah. on it but then you'd sit on it and be like it's not super comfortable it doesn't actually <laughs> it's swing. not doing much <laughs> yeah it's just a bit of a novelty but this year the reboot I mean it, it's taken a few times to get it to be sturdy enough to sit on <laughs> yeah but um, this one is way comfier. The swing is at a better height so that you're not having to like climb up so too good. much to get on it. It's in a better place. So it actually, you can swing back and forth quite far and it's actually a and swing. Did I see, does this one not have a back? 
It doesn't, no. Okay. And so, is it still comfortable? Yeah, it is because I I actually found that the back on the other one was quite uncomfortable because okay. you, you it like it, the seat was a bit too long for your legs to dangle down, but not quite yeah, long yeah, enough yeah. for it to fully support your legs. Whereas so this, it made it that you had to be like quite lying down. Yeah. We might still yeah. put a back on this one. I've not decided yet, but we've hung it up as it is for now. And I'm going to make a big cushion to go on it. But the, the nice. new viewpoint is where the old teepee was. And you can just okay. see everything on the plot from it. And wow. so I just think it's going to be the place where, like one of my resolutions was to actually like sit and appreciate the allotment a lot more. Yeah, because I find I'm that always really too hard. Busy. <laughs> yeah, you're always like, and I find, so usually if I if I come with friends to the plot, I'll set them like different tasks. They'll finish. They'll go sit down and have a cup of tea and I'll still be running around doing things. Yeah. Uh, and I find that the moment I sit down, then I see something that I'm like, oh, I, I really need to do this today. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get back up again. But no, I think it's really important. And if you have a very nice swing seat to observe your labors, um, <laughs> the fruits of your labors, that's great. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. I'm going to add um, a few little modification so I want a little cup holder that can hold my cup of tea Ooh, nice. um, maybe like a little snack snack table snack tray <laughs> are you gonna do the sweet peas up the sides again I might I'm in two minds about it I I'd really like to find some more like perennial plants maybe like a oh yeah uh clam- why can I not think of the word clematis yeah yeah it sounds or wrong like a jasmine it. yeah like maybe something that could grow up the sides yeah um, and get like really established if this is the version that you're keeping yeah I I feel like it will be it feels like more of a finished product than ever before although the design yeah. is a bit unusual um <laughs> the person who built it tells me it's Japanese inspired I would say it cool it's maybe not what anyone else would associate with a Japanese design <laughs> I would say it's more uh, kind but of the architectural mind you know <laughs> yeah it's still uneven like it was last year because okay. some people just don't like to measure when you ask them to make it a bit more even I get that I get that I'm a I am a DIY rebel myself which is why my partner ends up doing most of the <laughs> DIY because I'm like just just nail them together it'll work it's fine <laughs> and then you end up with crooked raised beds but that's okay in my books yeah a couple crooked raised beds yeah I do like a bit of homemade I think that I've my brother (laughs) has yeah my brother's (laughs) rubbed off on me a little bit too much though because he's a bit of a perfectionist and a lot of the time when he comes to the allotment you'll see him uh, what was it last weekend he took the door apart and he took all the hinges off the door and re-hung the door so that it actually hung at the right angle and he was doing all of this stuff and was was fixing it but I was like oh, I thought it was a really like to be fair didn't know that there was anything yeah. wrong with it until yeah. you fixed it now and now everything works much better it's so handy <laughs> to have people like that around though mm. that, that are just willing to put in the work and make it happen in the right way <laughs> yeah my thing is I'm like I want it and I, w- I want to do it myself but I also want it to only ever take me 20 minutes so that I can be like, yeah. oh, I've just knocked this together and now I can enjoy it. Ticked another job off the list. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what are you most excited about on your allotment this year? Have you got big plans or are you still yet to plan? Well, um, originally 
I, so when I was gardening in my house, before I even got an allotment, I had zero interest in flowers. Um, it was all about the vegetables. Mm-hmm. And then I think I'm yet another person that has been influenced by all the gorgeous pictures on Instagram. And I would like to have a really good mix of vegetables and flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I'm working on a list of perennial vegetables that I want to get for the plot because I'm thinking if they can come back every year and do some of the work for me um oh I got a really cool um variety of seeds from real seeds it's like a Asturian tree cabbage oh, wow. so it's like it's like this cabbage but I think you just eat the leaves like it doesn't form a head but it grows like really tall and like this luscious luscious green like it looks beautiful mm-hmm. um so I'm going to be growing that and then yeah getting some perennial kale and some perennial cauliflower actually which might solve some of my cauliflower growing Ooh. difficulties because I have yet to grow a successful cauliflower me too um, I didn't know that yeah. there was such a thing as perennial cauliflower right um so you get it in like little plug plants and then they apparently grow up to 10 cauliflowers in a year but they're no smaller yeah right well so I was going to grow gonna... mini cauliflowers anyway this year Oh, I'll send you a link. Please do. Um, on the perennial kale, if you would like uh-huh. some Taunton Dean perennial kale, I will <gasps> take you a cutting because I've got a couple of Are you of serious? Yeah. No way. Yes. I, I was given way. them by, um, shout out to Luke's Plot. Luke's yeah. Plot sent them to me, I think, last year, maybe the year before. And mine That's are at the amazing. point where they, they need trimming down now. Um, well, I was looking to buy some online, but they were either like incredibly expensive or it was like something from the States. So it didn't even, it wasn't even relevant to us. Oh, perfect. Um, yes, please. <laughs> I'll um, start my I'll little send them right perennial back. veg. Yay. Um, on and the- then, then flowers. Um, I, flowers did so much better for me last year than vegetables did. Like my sweet peas were unstoppable and so many of my vegetables were miserable because it was such a rainy summer here in Scotland. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, more sweet peas. Nothing's going to ruin my gardening. I'm going to have <laughs> perennial vegetables and sweet peas and all the other flowers. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, I've got some ranunculus that I started way too late, but they're looking really cute. Actually, like they've got all their like their first and their second set of leaves. So they're still quite small. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's my first time growing ranunculus. So I'm really hoping that they actually flower for me. But they're gorgeous, aren't they? They are. But you'll have to let me know how yours get on, because I have just found them to be they're like the princess of flowers. Yeah, they princess in the pea of flowers. From what I understand, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like oh, I'm too wet, I'm too holding. cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tolerate are... the frost, but I won't tolerate the frost. <laughs> mine are looking at probably maybe like sixty percent health. They don't okay. look great, but they don't look dead. Good odds. Yeah, I was saying this to someone about gardening. I think that now that I am a quote unquote professional gardener. Mm -hmm. I can say that it's a numbers game. Like the more plants you grow, the like the larger the scale, the more you're going to lose. And that's okay. So you kill some plants that doesn't compare to how many beautiful plants you're going to grow. Yeah. So, and also who actually sows the amount of seeds that they need? Like no one ever. And if they do, I'd like to meet them and chat with them and ask them how they do it. Yeah. I think it's better to over sow and then give, 
give away some plants or like Plant tuck babies. them in extra here like free plants absolutely yeah. i sewed a tray of amimagus and nothing happened and i sewed a lot because i'd heard that their germination can be a little bit tricky um so i just threw them in the greenhouse and i was like oh such a frustrating plant and i checked today and they had all come up like a month later a long time a long oh, wow. time later i may even have sold those in november um but they're all up now so seeds will always surprise you definitely uh, i tend to err on the side of if you have space for it just tuck it in a corner somewhere and see if it maybe needs needs to come up in its own time yeah i am i'm gonna sow loads of stuff try and do some successional sowings and then yeah i'm gonna try and also direct so into like any gaps that appear as like Um, an extra because i like i do really like i love sowing seeds in trays and having everything satisfying yeah yeah and then when they all start coming up and you're like oh my babies yeah (laughs) and then the other side of the spectrum when only one seed germinates out of an entire tray yep. and you're like oh good you're a bad seed you're <laughs> yeah bad. oh delphiniums shannon why <laughs> can't i get them to germinate mine's oh. the larkspur i know that they're like the seed what was it a larkspur is a poor related yeah 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 they're both bad <laughs> they're awful yeah. i think i've probably sown over 150 larkspur seeds yeah. and i've maybe had six cheap if you want to get the really pretty fancy varieties no no um I'm not giving out hope yet though the five plants will survive and I might sow some more now keep going next week but on the note of successional sowing I think so I've been reading some like flower farming books just to get myself inspired but it seems to be like the thing that professional flower growers do like you have a strict schedule and you know that if you want your sweet peas to last from the springtime all the way to the end of the summer that you just keep sowing successionally Mm -hmm. so I think you're on to something there definitely but they must have a very good schedule in that they know when this is leaving the greenhouse that can yeah sort of take its place how do they do it for space like I'm always it gets to a certain point in the year where I'm like I just want to get things in the ground because there is no space anywhere yeah and now that I'm looking so uh, I had a greenhouse on the allotment that I took the full-size plot it was a greenhouse already there um, and then I also got a second-hand greenhouse so I'm probably looking at two greenhouses if I managed to put the second one up but I think I'm, just, I'm still gonna fill it up like mm. I, I can't help myself it's gonna be it's surely between the flowers and the vegetables they'll, they'll fill up anyway I think yeah. no matter how much space you have you you just you're going to put something there a hundred percent I'm really trying to utilize the kind of like vertical space like where can I hang a shelf that I can put more yeah. plants on yeah, yeah 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 last year I had to do some crazy acrobatics because I have cats in my house um and they like to chew the tops off of plants mm-hmm. so I had to make sure that everything was above cat level um So I had to make some makeshift shelves in really high up places and tuck (laughs) all my precious seedlings up there. So when I ran out of windowsill space. I actually do the same in the greenhouse with the plants that the mice like to eat. And I have to like hide them here, there and everywhere. But um, I think Lizzie shared it on her Instagram a few weeks ago from Nicola from the Let's Grow Girls podcast. If you put... um, 
like upside down pots underneath the trays to like prop them up then the mice apparently can't run up it and I actually did that anyway but I didn't think it worked I just did it because I was like anything is better than nothing um and to be fair the larkspur have been the first round that there was maybe like three that germinated the mice absolutely (laughs) devoured so this time they they are they are propped up and they haven't been eaten as of yet oh well that's good to know Mm. Oh, another um, good tip that I got from one of the um, flower books that I was reading, that was um, Georgie Newbury's one. Mm-hmm. It was for slugs um, and snails. If you put a, um, a circle of Vaseline just on like a potting bench around your pot. So just trace a circle of Vaseline. Apparently, like it makes the slugs think that someone has already been there before so they don't go for it. Oh, really? Mm, so I was like, I'm going to keep Vaseline handy from now on. Yeah, well, because you can buy it in big tubs. Right? Yeah. You just have it. Mm. Spread it all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, slug trail of Vaseline. Did I do that or did they do that? <laughs> Who was it? Was it me? <laughs> yeah. A little bit of investigating. Um, I love that you're onto the perennial veg. We were actually just talking about this on last week's podcast. Um, and Frances said that Ooh. she's growing tiger nuts. And I'd never heard of them oh, before. Oh, yeah. Right. So I grew tiger nuts last year. It was oh, really? a, um, it was a pitiful harvest. Because, <laughs> yeah, it was a bad summer. But um, I, I went to Spain a couple of years ago and... They were serving this drink on the street that was called horchata and it was like tiger nut milk, but they got it like really nice and cool. And I think they added um, sugar and cinnamon or some some other spice to it. And it was really nice and refreshing. And I was like, ooh, I could have this in my life regularly. You know, I don't have to live in Spain. I can make my (laughs) own um, tiger nut drink. So, yes, very cool. I think I'm going to try again because... I can't help myself um, and just hope that it's a better summer and I get a higher yield. I think I planted about 10 and maybe got 20 in return, which is not uh, how okay. it's supposed to go. <laughs> but at least I have seeds for this year. So, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. They sound really delicious. And yeah, they're I, tasty. Just, I just think any kind of perennial perennial plant is like a it's like thank you to a, a, your future I can't, I can't get my words out. It's like you a gift be... to your future self. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. No, I totally hear you. And it's like, if you can get them to do some of the work for you and mm-hmm. free up the sewing space for all your annuals, then that's great. Yeah. And then you've got all of the time that you save because mm-hmm. you don't have to sew them and faff about with them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really trying, because I'm doing my sister's wedding flowers this year, I'm really oh, trying so to exciting. kind of... So exciting. But I'm trying to introduce oh. some perennials into the plot. Yep. Like now that could potentially totally. I don't know if they'll be big enough to have foliage for this year, but it's kind of like a the next few Hedging years. Hedging your bets. Yeah. So I've got totally. the, the Camellia. Is that how you say it? That you sent me? Alcamilla. Alcamilla. <laughs> yeah. They're um, good. They're so they look good. Gorgeous. Yeah. And they're really like you can you can be so cruel to them and they'll still like produce the flowers and the foliage which is kind of what you want in a plant like something that thrives off neglect is good in my books a hundred percent yeah like although the ranunculus are beautiful 
if oh, they were so... low maintenance I would love them a hundred percent it would more. be the perfect plant right yeah <laughs> yeah that's what um in this book that I was reading she was saying that like alchemilla is such a great one to have around because it self-seeds which is good because it means you can always have a new supply even though it's mm-hmm. perennial but also if you don't want it to self-seed you'll probably be using most of the flowers and bouquets anyway because they're such a good yeah. filler um so yeah that's a good one and peonies as well I listened to your um peony episode and I was like okay I need I need to get me some peonies um I did have a Sarah Bernhard and it didn't bloom for me in the first year oh no so I'm really hoping that this this is the year that Mm -hmm. it does my peonies have actually got little like red buds on at the moment which I'm guessing is where like their growing points will come from yeah and I'm so excited because I only got them last year. Okay. I can't even think how, I don't know how old they would have been. They came in like two litre pots. Um, but they might flower this year. And the, the thought yeah. that they might, even if I just get one flower, Ooh. is very exciting. But I think I, I don't will. even know what they smell like. I know that people say that they smell really nice, but I don't think I've ever smelled a peony. I don't so think I've I'm have. excited. <laughs> if they, I think that they're probably just a little bit too early for my mum's birthday. But um, my mum's like favourite flower is a peony. And I remember, was it, it can't have been last year, but the year before that I had been watching the peonies in the supermarkets and I was like, I'm going to get her those beautiful Sarah Bernhardt ones. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. And they went out of shops like three days before my mum's birthday and I couldn't find them anywhere. And I was fuming. Oh, typical, typical. Yeah. Nature has its own timetable. Yeah. Yeah. My mom's um, favorite flower is sweet peas and her birthday is in February. And I'm like, I'm, I can't possibly have sweet peas for you in February. I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> it's just not going to happen unless I get like a really cool heated polytunnel, in which case, mom, we can talk about sweet peas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Oh, right. Bougie. One day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dream big. We'll get there. Yeah. And the other flower that I'm really excited about this year um another one of my mum's favorites I had a bunny rabbit as a child like a toy Uh I remember buying it from Darts Farm and I didn't know what to name it and my mum her favorite flowers were lysianthus and she said why don't you name your bunny that because I always forget what the name of the flowers are and so I called my bunny lysianthus and then I was listening to they're nice they're beautiful they're so beautiful but I was listening to a Let's Grow Girls podcast and they were saying about uh-huh. how hard they are to germinate. And that's why you can't really get plug plants with them in the UK because yeah. the success yeah. rates are so low. And, and also they like a warmer climate than us, right? Mm, I think than so, what we yeah. have to offer. <laughs> yeah, we don't have the best offering of, <laughs> of the Although globe. You would get, yeah, you would get a considerable amount of sunshine where you are. Yeah, well, I'm like the complete other side of the UK to yeah. you where it is yeah. it is quite a lot warmer in comparison yeah. <laughs> but, so are um, you going to try and grow lysianthus well so I've joined the Facebook group where they talk about it and I have watched other uh-huh. people's successes and failures they seem like Ooh. if you think ranunculus are fussy uh-huh. this is another okay. level even more so oh god yeah. I don't think I could handle that and you need a lot of equipment you need a, a like lights and heat mats and wow. expensive like dipping things to 
that are like anti-fungal and all sorts it sounds like oh, wow. chaos i think maybe more one for like 2023 24 25. yeah yeah when you have like proper flower farmer ambitions <laughs> yeah um but i have ordered some plug plants um oh, that nice. i found on sarah raven they only had one color but it fits perfectly with my sister's wedding flowers what scheme. color is it it's like a peachy oh I almost like tea bag stained oh kind of petal. lovely it is nice most beautiful thing and it looks a bit oh, like a rose. Sounds amazing okay yeah they look like tiny little roses don't they yeah um so oh, if pretty. i can if i can manage to have even just one bloom to go in tanya's wedding bouquet yeah. i feel like it's like a Done. full circle of like our childhood to adulthood oh. and i've grown it myself your sister I remember when you did the live um announcing that you were gonna do the podcast and she was so like you could tell how excited she was for you and I was like oh I that was so sweet because my sister and I are tight like that so Mm -hmm. it was just nice to see her like cheering you on and now you're gonna make you're gonna grow flowers for her wedding it's just it's so beautiful yeah she's super supportive and the fact that her babies love my allotment more than anything else just makes me so happy (laughs) yeah oh sweeties bless them they've actually you probably can't see it quite in the camera but we've got a bit of a black eye from where one of them headbutted me earlier (laughs) oh no feisty babies yeah I think I can't even remember what he was very getting a bit overexcited about something and just knocked his head back but (laughs) I am fine I've just got a bit bit of a You you should see the other guy (laughs) <laughs> he did kiss it better though three times oh honey was it noah or... it was noah okay he seems like the feistier one of the two he is he is finn's a little <laughs> bit more gentle <laughs> oh cuties bless them um so on to the next question if mm-hmm. you could pick this is like desert island flower you can only okay. pick three flowers oh, to take three. to your desert island Okay. All right. So um, I'm going to start from like least favorite to favorite. Okay. So the, it's going to be like the grand reveal what number one is. Okay. Oh, exciting. Um, so at number three, we have uh, gardenias. Mm-hmm. So gardenias are probably my favorite flower. However, I'm putting them at number three because at least in Greece, when I tried to grow them, they were so incredibly fussy um and didn't like anything that um I did I haven't tried growing them in Scotland that is to be determined Mm -hmm. but they just have the most incredible scent and they're absolutely beautiful they don't last in bouquets unfortunately um but they're just they're amazing so that would be number three bring Mm -hmm. them to my desert island they're coming (laughs) love it um you don't really need cut flowers on a desert island though do you yeah no, just want the planting no, around. I just you. want to admire them, smell mm. them. And maybe it's tropical. Maybe gardenias like the tropical uh, environment of my desert island. Who knows? Yeah. Um, two would be some kind of rose. Um, I just have that kind of like nostalgic connection with roses. I think they just they they remind me of like old fashioned movies and cottage gardens, and it just has this. Mm, this like really nice feel to them so mm-hmm. definitely a scented rose I did treat myself to three David Austins for <gasps> the allotment amazing um, so, oh I'm really hoping they flower uh, but if they don't flower this year they'll flower next year so mm-hmm. that was an investment um, but definitely one that I'm glad I made and my ultimate 
always choice is sweet peas. I love them so much. Like they are such a hard worker in -hmm. the garden. I've grown them in Greece. I've grown them in the States where we lived as where I lived as a kid. I've grown them in Scotland. They don't care. They just, they do their thing. They smell amazing. They, you can cut them. You can admire them. You can press them. Mm -hmm. So you can have like, you can dry them. Yeah, they make exactly. fantastic confetti. Confetti. Mm. I didn't even think about that. I so, yeah. I picked a load last year and I laid them out in my greenhouse and I was like, I'll just see. It's really hot this, this week. I'll see what happens. Yeah. And within two days, they were like crisp dry. No way. They sh- obviously shrivel quite a lot. So they. I think that they probably reduced to about a quarter of the size of like a okay so you'd need like a hefty amount yes but they smell amazing they look amazing the colors (gasps) kind of like intensify like I'm I'm sure most flowers do but I've not really dried many flowers before so it would go from like a blue to like a dark blue yeah like the pinky ones like they were a real rich pink but they dried in such like a raspberry red it was okay wow um but yeah I just I don't know like Everyone loves sweet peas. I think sweet peas and dahlias are probably like up there with some of the most popular flowers. But I just, I love a flower that's a hard worker. Mm. And I think sweet peas, like you, you can be so like, I, I, did, I don't think I watered them once to be fair. It was a bad <laughs> summer last year, but they just kept going and going and they're self fertile. So like, you can save seeds from them and not worry about them cross-pollinating. You can have them all growing together and the seeds will still come true, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, they are a really st- strong contender. I am a bit allergic to them. They make my eyes really itchy. Really? No mm. way. Yeah. So the teepee, <laughs> a yeah. controversial decision. I do I do still love the teepee, but I have to yeah. admit that I love it more for the aesthetic. Yeah, you have to kind of keep your distance. Yeah, because I can't take them oh, to my I house. Oh, you could be allergic to them. Yeah, I think someone diagnosed me with it on a podcast. Actually, I reckon it was just Izzy B. I said okay. to her about, it and she she said, "I think I think you might be allergic because I know someone else who has the same reaction, and they oh, are allergic." Yeah, to no sweeties. way. But it's not That's like it's severe because I can still touch yeah. touch them and play with You'll them. It just makes them. my eyes itchy. I will still grow them. Yeah. It's still your signature thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I did. I really... I've never actually. I, I was just going to say that I've never actually grown dahlias. That's that's my big confession. So oh, this really? summer, this summer I'm growing dahlias. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Which varieties are you going to choose? Do you know? Yet? Oh my god, Shannon! I got so many. I think I went a little, a little, um, a little bit crazy. I got like, I think I might have shopped from like three different websites maybe Same. four I lost <laughs> track I really did all I know is that I got different varieties from each one mm-hmm. and definitely went for the like pinky peachy tones because that's always been what makes me happy me too. Um, I imagine that our daily lists are probably quite similar if you've got the yeah, same there must be some overlap yeah <laughs> but that's yeah what's not to love mm-hmm. so I'll see how they grow for me I do wonder because the soil on my allotment's quite heavy soil obviously Mm -hmm. I was planning to to dig them up because we do get quite wet winters Mm -hmm. in Scotland but I wonder how they'll do I'm really curious um so fingers crossed for a slightly better summer this year 
Oh, I feel like we have to because the the first lockdown year <laughs> was so hot. And Amazing. like, yeah, it was great to Beautiful. enjoy the summer, but the plants, yeah. like I just could not water enough because I didn't have Yeah, yeah, you were watering every day and it was so much water. Yeah, but then last year, I maybe watered twice because it was just constant rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think I did. I definitely didn't do a lot of watering last year. Like, I think I maybe like, you know, when you get plants in the ground where you're like kind of bathing them and watering mm-hmm. them for the first week or so. But after that, it was like, no, there's really no reason to. They're no. doing their thing. My water butt never even got to the point where it was empty last year. Yeah, same, same. Uh, and now at the plot, I have two water butts. So I think I'm good. We also have water on my allotment site. Like, <gasps> Do you? Them. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that is gold. It's good, although I do hear that there can be quite a bit of competition for it in the summer because you, you can't all use it at the same time. So oh, I'm, okay. I'm hedging my bets with my water butts. Then, so I'll have a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very exciting. And I saw also that you were um, digging in your, in your wood chip pile for that kind of broken down wood chip. Yes. So we get giant wood chip piles and one of the uh, allotment, like he's my allotment sage. It's, it's one of the guys who's been on the allotment site for ages. So I always go to him with questions. I was like, how do you ever afford the amount of compost that you need for an allotment? And he was like, oh, I just use the broken down wood chip. I was like, you can do that. Yeah. Um, so I started like digging into the middle of it and found beautiful, basically fluffy compost it's amazing isn't it ours isn't quite rotted down enough that it's fluffy but um one of my allotment neighbors uses it for everything and she's constantly back and forth and back and forth with barriers yeah and so my rhubarb (laughs) is planted in that I've got loads of it in lots of different beds I've just done it over the strawberry bed today because apparently it makes the soil more acidic um and they quite like that yeah so it's just people who have good for all your soft fruits yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, do you grow anything else apart from um, rhubarb in terms of like, because you ha- you said you have a strawberry bed, right? Do you grow yes. any other fruits? The strawberries are kind of, I ripped them all out last year because I didn't actually really like any of the varieties that were in there. Oh, no. um, so I've got some new varieties this year. <gasps> have um, you tried the white one? No. It's like a white strawberry and apparently tastes like pineapple. Like pineapple yeah I haven't tried it but I have heard of it I think I might need to try it this year I've ordered myself a couple of plants of that so we'll see we'll see how it goes yeah I like I like a weird fruit me too um I have got raspberries that are also coming onto I had raspberries last year but they were all so crowded together but none of them ever really fruited okay are they the summer ones or the autumn ones Mm. I actually don't know I think autumn <laughs> okay but we'll see You'll I feel like I'm that. still getting to grips with certain plants on my allotment that were yeah, there before yeah. I was um, yeah totally but so yeah those fruits I don't I've got some like blackberries not blackberries <sighs> can't think black currants oh yeah red they're good they're currants. prolific yeah well l- last year again they didn't do great, but I think that it's oh, because okay. they they got put in. Someone was walking around the plots of a wheelbarrow and was like, "Does anyone want these fruit bushes?" 
and I took a couple and then I kind of like chucked them in the worst border of the allotment that's not really been touched properly Uh and then kind of abandoned them so I think that if I'd have cared for them a little bit more they probably would fruit prolifically so that they definitely need like mulching and stuff like now but it could also be that like right after they were planted they were maybe a little bit shocked and Mm. it could be that like they really come into their own this year I hope so have an abundance yeah oh I like but the blackcurrant jam. Me too. Oh, the other soft fruit that I love that I got last year is the Cape Gooseberries, the Bacillus. Oh, yeah. So we grew some of those at the Botanics and obviously it was in a greenhouse. So it was like it's ideal conditions. Yeah. And it grew so many. Um, so when it was coming to the end of the season and we were cutting the plant down, um, I all the leftovers and I turned them into like a uh like a hot sauce so <gasps> i mixed it with chilies and made like a cape gooseberry hot sauce Yum. really good yeah that sounds amazing it was tasty mine Top. didn't actually fruit enough to have more than oh. like a couple here and there yeah 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 well but- that's the thing like when plants grow in their ideal conditions like i could never get them to produce like that at home like they were in a in a greenhouse like they were like a big one of those, you know, one of those big glass houses that they have in mm-hmm. botanic gardens. So they were living their best life and yeah. fruiting to show it. So, yeah, I do think that I'm going to plant some in because like, I've never planted in the greenhouse beds before. Mm. I always put pots on top of the soil that is. Yeah, right. Greenhouse. But this year, I think I am going to top them yeah. with some fresh compost and almost do like an indoor no dig. Yeah, and I'm gonna I try in terms of watering. That would probably save you a lot of watering if, yeah, if you I really like so. get the roots in the ground. Yeah, that's what I'm I was planning to do. So with with the greenhouse that's already established, so that has slabs um, down. But the greenhouse that I'm gonna build, I think I'm gonna do like a slabs in the middle and then beds on either side, mm-hmm. and then just plant things directly into that. Yeah, so I feel like it's... save on the watering. Yes. And, and yeah, it's no just dig. a bit less faff and you can make more yeah. use of the space because like the round pots don't really sit quite nicely together and then you end up with quite a lot of wasted space yeah yeah yeah, exactly and then also do your like crop rotations get something in before get something in after yeah yeah maybe some like winter mm-hmm. winter crops at the end of the yeah. season yeah yeah I really want to um do some more of that this year because well this coming winter I guess because yeah, it's it's exciting. Mm, definitely. Um, is there anything super exciting that you're going to grow in your greenhouse? Like, are you going to do like loofers, melons, grapes, anything like that? Well, I um, I went on a, you know, when you can't sleep and you're like, what am I going to do? Well, obviously, I'm going to look at plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on a shopping spree a couple of days ago, <gasps> and I bought some plants for the allotment. So I bought um some winter flowering box you know the the really nice scented ones mm-hmm. and so that's going to go on the outside and I bought a sausage vine I'd never heard of it before but it's like a tropical um plant that mm-hmm. climbs um and it prefers to climb on the inside so I'm thinking I'll make like some kind of climbing structure for it it's cool. a perennial so it lives for a really long time um the flowers are meant to smell like nothing you've ever smelled before. Like it has like a really incredible, incredible, like almost like I think like a super powerful gem. 
jasmine you smell and then Ooh. you can eat the fruits and they're meant to, like almost like aubergines i think they have that like bitterness without being bitter if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh so i'm really excited for that uh, and hopefully it likes my greenhouse <laughs> <laughs> even though it's not going to be tropical environment in there but i hope i can make it happy because it does it sounds like a really cool plant as tropical yes, as scotland can be <laughs> right oh yes in the tropics <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yes, I am giving loofahs another go as well, because last year they just got the they got aphids really early mm. on and I had to call it quits, um, which I think was just because it was a bad summer and not because I'm a bad plant mama. Yeah, um. <laughs> I think that last the last two summers have been really testing. And because yeah. my first year was so good, the, the weather conditions were obviously good the first year and haven't been yeah. for the past two. I'm like am I a bit of a fraud? Like I'm three years in now and I feel like I I'm should not, be like you smashing it. Prepared. You weren't prepared for the crazy weather conditions we were getting. No. Those were. Did you, did you get the great blight of 2021? The what? The blight. The oh, blight. the blight. Yeah, I did get the blight. I got the blight like really late in the season. I was, I was quite lucky. Um, but my tomatoes just didn't want to produce anyway. Like by the time the blight came around, I was like, well, this is almost a good thing because you haven't been doing great anyway. Yeah. Uh, no, they definitely didn't get enough, enough sunlight. I no. did get like a handful, I think a bowl or two of tomatoes and they were delightful. And I was just like, oh, why couldn't there be more of you? But yeah, mine were all just green. Like there wasn't loads of them, and the ones that there was were all green. But then I did make that amazing sweet chili jam with the green oh, tomatoes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I didn't think I saw that on your stories. That yeah. looked good. I don't yeah. think it would taste the same if you made it with red tomatoes because I think it was that like greeny zing that the really like, mm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was really good. I definitely want to do a lot more preserving this year. Because, Me too. Um, Oh, I remember so doing cool. a podcast last year after I'd made that chutney and I, there was me on the podcast like yes I'm a chutney maker now I make preserves I'm a preserver I'm a, <laughs> and then I was I never did anything else again oh well you have your one staple thing yeah you have that in your pantry no my family are big jam makers um mm. every time my mom comes to visit because we only get um, raspberries and that kind of fruit in the very, very northern parts of Greece because the rest of Greece is too warm for them. Oh, wow. So whenever my mom comes to visit, she always gets really excited about the raspberries. So we take her raspberry picking and it's like, oh, yes, you can have as many as you want, mom. Mm-hmm. So she'll always make a jam out of whatever um, fruit is available. So that kind of jam making thing has been passed on to my sister and I but yeah mm-hmm. savory preserves I'm really intrigued by because it's like I I love sugar probably more than most people <laughs> but if I can eat less of it that would probably be a good thing <laughs> so yeah I'm really I'm really interested in also other ways to preserve things that don't involve me eating a lot of sugar mm, I would really like to like I do I don't know if I don't even know if chutney is British, but I feel like chutney is a very British thing, like a pork pie with chutney or a sausage yeah. roll with chutney and cheese and chutney. <laughs> like we eat chutney with a like, lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it, it must be one of those one of those colonialism things, you know, that the a lot of UK food is very like Indian inspired and all yeah. of that. I can really see that like being incorporated into the British way of eating. Definitely. I, I, I'm not a big chutney girl. Well, I think it must be one of those things that you kind of 
get used to mm. the more you have it you're like okay now now I'm suddenly craving this yeah so, the yeah. other preserves that I do love I'd, I'll do a quick pickle with stuff but I, mm. just, I'll get a bit I don't I don't even know what it is that puts me off but my mum did some amazing pickled beetroot and I talk about it all the time because it's so good um but picking, I think I've heard you talking about this pickled beetroot <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, it's really good and it's like it is really easy. And, and it's meant to be really good for you as well, right? Yeah. Like yeah. your gut health and all of that. Definitely. But I love I love a quick pickle with like yeah. um like red onions quick pickled, cucumbers quick pickled. Um yeah. so you don't have to make like a huge investment in time and you can just eat it. Definitely. Yeah. And like I love it with like Japanese cooking. So when when I'm gonna grow more red onions this year and I'm gonna grow cucumbers mm. for the first time because nice. I do eat a lot of that with like oh my yeah. Cooking. So nice. I'm trying it this year. I want all of the food that I grow to be genuinely the foods that I actually eat day to day rather yeah. than being like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna grow all this. I wanna grow some stuff. of everything. I yeah. think that's really important. I like I I really like spicy food, so my plan is to grow a whole bunch of chilies and make myself enough hot sauce that I can have hot sauce with every meal if I so desire. Um, But chilies are another one that quite likes the warmth. Mm. And sometimes the sun is uh, unattainable (laughs) in Scotland. But yeah, fingers crossed, I could grow myself a decent chili crop. I've already started them on the windowsill. Oh, how exciting. hoping. Oh, I, um, I saw the first one pop up yesterday. I was like, "Oh, it's yay! happening, my chili babies." I feel like that I'm the opposite. I'm like, I, I, I like a little bit of spice, but I'm not, I'm not very good with spicy, spicy food. I think because we just yeah, never yeah. grew up with any kind of spice, right? But okay. I grow so many chilies every single year, and I'm like, "Why have I grown this chili that's so like hotter than the though, sun?" <laughs> yeah, no, you're like, "What am I going to do with this?" But yeah. I also find that they're just really like aesthetically pleasing mm. chilies are beautiful like I could, I could look at chilies and just be happy I wouldn't even need I need the spice but yeah yeah I love every them. year I swear I pick ones that are like they either say that they're heatless or that they're mild and then <laughs> I eat eat a bit and I'm like oh that is like it was a lie <laughs> the spiciest thing that I've ever I actually yeah. took the bite of an end of a chili and I was like I'm pretty sure that oh. this is the one that's heatless I don't think it should be spicy at all and I bit <laughs> off the very end and was like oh yeah it's just no, like a, it's fire. just like a sweet pepper it's fine oh and then my brother took a bite of like half of what was left and he was like nearly in tears he was like are you oh, telling no. me that that's not spicy oh, and then I took God. another bite and was like oh wow that is <laughs> oh okay I see now the error of my ways yeah because I think chilies are one of those ones that can really vary from plant to plant like mm-hmm. you could grow like five cayenne peppers and one of them would be super spicy and the other ones wouldn't be so it yeah. is it's, it's always a bit of chili roulette but yeah I think that's probably um because I lived in the states when I was younger so I think that's where that comes from Tabasco yeah. with everything um yeah <laughs> Tabasco on fried eggs not an issue well that was before I was vegan but yeah I'm a big I'm a big hot sauce girl so <laughs> um the open. other one the other pepper chili but I was going to mention is padrons. Have you ever grown padrons before? Oh, they're delicious. Mm. But they're really pepper roulette. Like some of them are completely mild and some of them are really spicy. Yeah. So I was always told because I used to work in a um, like Spanish tapas restaurant and we always had mm. padrons. And I ate like hundreds over the year, like five years that I worked there. Oh. I never once had a spicy one. 
And so I oh, grew really? padrons. Yeah, never. And I grew padrons no last year, being like, oh my God, I love padrons. I'm going to grow my own. <laughs> I finally got to the point where I had a handful and uh-huh. cooked them all up and was like absolutely buzzing for them with this dinner. Put a whole one uh-huh. in my mouth and was like, I don't, I don't know what I've just done. I was like, have you cooked the chilies really? instead of the padrons? And then I was like, no, that definitely is a padron plant. It definitely is. And lots of people were saying that if you harvest them when yeah. they're young, they are not spicy. And if you, oh. the longer you wait, the spicier they get. And so oh, as I've been waiting for enough to be a handful or a portion. Yeah, they were really mature. Yeah. And every single that's one. That's really interesting. Because my only experience of them has been you buy them from the supermarket, you cook them at home. Most of them aren't spicy, but then you get like the odd super spicy one and you're like, mm-hmm. what's going on here? But wow. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really interesting. It was a bit crazy. No, I'm definitely, they're definitely on my list for this year. So I'll take that tip because even though I love spicy food, not all of my friends do. So it's good <laughs> to know that you can kind of regulate the heat if you want to. Yeah, supposedly. Um, there was, Allegedly. There was like five people that said that to me. So I, like sometimes okay. when one person says something, you're like, that could mm. be true. It yeah. could be a rumor. Yeah, yeah, five yeah. people said it. So I'm like, that's No, that's a good knowledge. demographic. Yeah. That's, good that's sample a good size. <laughs> right. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and so we have probably been talking for well over an hour now. So I will As let we you do. enjoy your <laughs> evening. But it has been so lovely to chat to you and your dog. I really enjoyed that chat. She sounds like my dream. <laughs> oh, yay. Well, we can talk more about it in the future. Thank you so much for having me on, Shannon. Definitely. As I say, I love the podcast. I've listened to probably every episode so it's a dream to be a guest on thank you it's been such a pleasure to have you (laughs) all right take care you too yeah supposedly um there was (laughs) allegedly there was like five people that said that to me so I like sometimes when one person says something you're like that could Mm. be true it could be a rumor yeah yeah, five people said it so I'm like that's no that's a good demographic (laughs) yeah that's good sample size (laughs) right (laughs) Perfect. Um, and so we have probably been talking for well over an hour now. So I will let you enjoy your <laughs> evening. But it has been so lovely to chat to you and your dog. I really enjoyed that chat. It actually sounds like my dream. <laughs> oh, yay. Well, we can talk more about it in the future. Thank you so much for having me on, Shannon. Definitely. As I say, I love the podcast. I've listened to probably every episode. So it's a dream to be a guest on it. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure to have you. <laughs> All right. Take care. You too. I really hope that I get to meet Effie in person this year. Her enthusiasm is infectious and I could chat to her for hours. Be sure to check out her adventures on Instagram at kale.over.high.water and you can watch her transform her new plot over the coming months. If you've loved listening, please do leave a review and let me know on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener. I love to hear from you with all of your questions and suggestions, as well as your own gardening stories. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! Happy growing!